This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of All Possibilities is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. How do you combine spirituality, intuition, and parenting? How can you manage the roller coaster ride of being a mom and entrepreneur with mindfulness? Meet Brooke Emery, a connector, strategist, and guide. She's worked in the film and PR industry, helps spiritual entrepreneurs, and is mom to two beautiful girls. You'll hear about how to use the law of attraction to conceive, how joy and playfulness can make you a more conscious parent, and how to accept imperfection. Because let's face it, we can't be perfect all the time. Welcome to the All Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Brooke, it is such a pleasure to have you in the studio today and for me meeting you for the first time in person. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. So I love how you're a connector and a guide. How would you say this journey started for you? It started um, in my childhood. Um, my mom used to have tapes in the house of tapes, so I'm dating myself how old I am, of Shakti Gawain and Wayne Dyer. And I was always very curious about life. I saw uh, the Ten Commandments on TV, and I was like, oh my God, I, I want to know more. And I asked my parents to go to Hebrew school. And all the while, I was um, a daughter of. She, my mom owned an advertising agency, so I have a background in marketing, and then I worked as a film publicist, and then I worked in film. So I combined my love of marketing and business with my love of being a permanent fixture in the self-help section for over 25 years. So that's how I got started. Was it kind of a unique combination at the time for you? Or was it kind of generally accepted to be a permanent fixture in the self-help section and kind of be on this spiritual journey? Um, I felt like um, a lone wolf, definitely back, you know, in the uh, 90s, there was only, you know, there wasn't the I mean, the internet, I guess, was just starting, but I didn't have access to it. So I, I would get any of my information from new age stores and um, and then I would take workshops and seminars and go to healers and psychics and coaches and anything I could get my hands on to, you know, learn and grow and seek. I was just a permanent student and just trying to figure out things for my own life. And then eventually it just sort of merged while, with my other working life, which was, you know, the advertising and the PR and the film. And then I discovered um you know, when I was a little kid, my mom used to yell at me for writing postcards to all my friends while we were on vacation. She's like, why are you spending your time doing that? You're such a people collector. But I'm like, I love people. And I've always just known just intuitively who is supposed to meet who. And I just really would just get high off of making those connections that could help further someone along without ever being attached to it having to be about money or anything like that. Yeah. Do you feel like you've developed your intuition over time, like through reading these books and being exposed to these different healers and, and knowledge? Or um, how, like, how did that process happen for you? Yeah, I think in the beginning, I've always had it. I've always just trusted. I had a voice that just just sort of I would just, or I would feel things. So it's, I guess, a voice and then also feeling. And I would just basically follow that. But I didn't know that's what it was until I had gone further down the road in, you know, working with the, you know, the different mentors that I've had. So it evolved. How do you know what voice is the right voice to listen to? Like, there's the voice for for me of like you know fear uncertainty doubt 
um, really the random random thoughts that come through. How do you how do you discern the two? Um, usually, I'll feel it as lightness in my body. It will feel light, and if it's something that's not right for me, it will feel heavy and dark and and forced. So I I sense it as just in my body as feeling light, and um, and then if I'm confused a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just journal because um, I get a lot of information when I'm writing so I'll you know allow all of the dark thoughts to come out first still do the energy management and tell the truth about it because I think a lot of times you know with the self-help industry you know people are hard on themselves and they beat themselves up I have to think positive all day long and then they're not really telling the truth and you know vacuuming the thoughts that are really behind it that are keeping them stuck so I I'm all about having permission to be human, tell the truth about it, and I'll usually do it through journaling or if I need a committed listener, I'll be guided to reach out to that person. But usually I'll um, work it out through journaling, but a lot of times I'm on the road and I don't have time to whip out my journal, so <laughs> I'll just you know ask questions and then I'll, I'll wait for the answer without attachment. Where you had mentioned you feel it in your body, uh-huh. where where do you feel? It? Is it like I, I think it's different for everyone, uh-huh. which is why I love hearing like where. Yeah, it I mean, no one's ever people. asked me that before. <laughs> so I feel it on the left side of my body, usually around my heart, and then just like in my in my crown area. Mm-hmm. And what what do you feel? It's like this this. It's like this good feeling, this feeling like after you've listened to like an amazing song, you know, like that feeling of like joy. It's a feeling of like just joy and peace. That's what I feel it when I know it's like the right direction for me. Does it like wash over you or is it like, I know this is like getting, no, cause I, I find it so interesting because, cause I have a certain way of feeling, um, these good vibes mm-hmm. and, and I know for everyone it is different. So um, it feels like a, a tingling feeling. It just it, it feels yeah. like an excited tingling feeling of just like excitement. Mm. So I yeah, it sounds but, electric. Yeah, it tingling. feels like an electric uh, an electric pulse. Beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful. I like that. Yeah. Well, no one's ever asked me, so thank you. <laughs> now I have clarity about what it feels like. <laughs> thank you for pulling that in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of a reminder that that we can feel those things. There, there was definitely a time in my life where I had no access to any of these feelings or being in tune with my body in that way. And so the fact that... Um, the fact that I started feeling that and then now I'm kind of hearing more and more people the the commonalities of how we feel energy in this way this tingling the electric sensation Uh it to me that's that's like evidence of if you were to do a science experiment and say that how and a hundred people or more how many feel in this way we've got plenty of data for that yeah and sometimes i think also when someone asks me questions like when you're asking me questions it'll come in um um i can't remember the test but i'll tell you later but it's um it's part of being something called a manifester. It's human design. I'm a manifester generator. And um, this woman, um, by the name of Paige Filiter, she she brought this to my attention of that I experience things as uh-huh and uh-uh. So I'll know and I need, like, if someone asks me a question, so it'll come in also as an uh-huh and uh-uh. What does that mean? Like, if you ask me a question, mm-hmm. inside I'll hear, like, whether I should do something or not, it will come in like, like uh-huh, uh-uh. Oh, and then you make decisions off of that yes. or it helps guide yeah. what you end up doing. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. That's very clear. I'm, if you've done the Myers-Briggs um, personality test, yeah. I am a, the very last one is a, a either a judger or a perceiver. Yeah. And I like things to, I'm far on the judging scale in terms of like, I like whether it's like a yes or no or to do or not to do, mm-hmm. whereas my husband is far on the p side the perceiver and he can just hold all of these things in his mind and it drives me nuts right so so i like this Uh uh-huh uh-huh and uh uh-uh so how how do you use that then like on a day-to-day and and also in business um i'll i'll either write down my questions 
and I'll, I'll receive the answer in that way, or I'll, I'll work with somebody or a committed listener to ask me questions and I'll just, um, get the answer. I'll just, or I'll just, to me, it's just important about not getting attached to having the answer come also, and then really just being in the awareness of, and not being in judgment about any of it, like allowing the answer to come in a place of flow. So that's how I use it on a daily basis. I'll either write so I get my answers through the writing and ask myself questions, mm-hmm. or, I'll, um, or I'll ask spirit questions, or I'll call upon different, you know, people. Since we're all connected, I'll use a virtual team. You know, if I need answers, I'll write to Richard Branson on, about business or something like that. And um, that's how I get my guidance. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love seeing other people as vessels for messages yeah. that we may need to receive. Yeah, well, there's yeah. Um, uh, an old book called Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, and he talks about an invisible boardroom and that how you can call upon the different energies that are out there for, for guidance. And then my mentor, one of my, I have many mentors, but one of my mentors, Sharon Wilson, talked about having your own, you know, board member meetings every week and you can write to different energies. And it's all about, it's all about, to me, it's about having it be fun and having access to having it feel good. And I think that's, you know, like when I know I'm just writing intention sometimes can feel rote versus like if I'm writing to a person and asking them questions and, and knowing that, you know, it's, it's, for me, I entertain everything and I believe nothing. I don't go too far down the rabbit hole with anything. I just, if it feels fun and light and it speaks true to me. So to me, it's not like, um, it's about just really just accessing the feelings and that's how I do it by thinking about those other people or I'll call upon, you know, spirit, God, I don't get caught up in the semantics of it, but you know, the universe insert, whatever it is that speaks to you. But, um, yeah. How do you then incorporate all of this kind of knowledge and perspective on life with family kind of when you decided to have children or whatever that process was? How do you bring that all in? Well, it was interesting. I spent my whole life trying not to get pregnant. And then Mm -hmm. when I wanted to get pregnant, I had a hard time. And it was right at the height of when I was um, at that point in time when I was trying to get pregnant, I was um, doing law of attraction coaching and manifesting and and, you know, it was right at the time when The Secret came out and I called myself the cleanup committee of The Secret. We'd be like, oh, if I think positive all day long. And then, like I said, people were beating themselves up. And I just um, I was really struggling to um, to attract the baby or and then I was, you know, then in judgment about it that, you know, I'm the law of attraction coach and I should be able to manifest the baby. And my lesson was, you know, and then people would say, oh, surrender. And I'm like, oh, my God, is this how I sound like with my clients? Oh, my God, I want to beat you up right now. So sorry, I'm just speaking the truth. And I was like, like, okay, so how am I going to get how am I going to surrender? So I asked the question, how Mm -hmm. am I going to surrender? And so um, I'll never forget. I was um, at the top of a mountain in Snowmass at one of these like wellness summits and uh, a speaker by the name of Alan Cohen, who wrote a book called The Dragon Doesn't Live Here Anymore. He said something like the tide always comes back in because I was in this like conflicted place about the fact that this wasn't happening and that I couldn't make it happen or it was out of my control. And um, how long, like how much time had it was already a year. But in, as far as some some women, they go through, I mean, they go through years yeah. and years. So like as, as far as timing, it wasn't that long. But to me, it felt like a it's long. like every month you're like, oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I got my period the morning I was supposed to teach a law of attraction workshop. And I was like crying on the floor. Like, oh, my God, how am I going to go teach this class at one o'clock? And, you know, and I was like, okay, well, I have to walk the walk. How am I going to feel better? What's a tiny bit? thing that I could do better to feel better. And then eventually I did feel better and I was able to go to the class and, um, uh, you know, I told the truth about it. I wasn't looking to be like, Oh, I'm the love attraction coach and I don't go through anything. Like I always, you know, tell the truth about my 
human aspects of my journey. So when I was at the top of the mountain with um, that statement, the tide always comes back in, all of a sudden I started to think about what would life be like if I didn't have the baby? And I started to release attachment to that. And I started to fall in love with another future without the baby. I still had the desire for the baby, but I was like, okay, if this baby doesn't come, I'll volunteer, I'll help other kids, I'll travel, I won't have to change diapers, I'll get to sleep. And I just started getting ridiculously excited about both futures. Cut to, well, you know, I have two kids. So the baby came after I had that revelation. And how do I apply this to, um, my family, um, we're const- I'm constantly teaching them these principles. And in fact, sometimes they come to me and they call me out and they start coaching me on things that I don't remember that I've taught them. So it's pretty hilarious. Coming up, you're going to hear about how exactly Brooke was able to manifest her baby. We'll dive a little deeper and uh, we'll also talk about conscious parenting. Welcome to Hashtag Moms Got This. Get your mom life fix four days a week. I'm Michelle Park. And I'm Stacey Eagle. Together, we chatted up with a new boss mom each week about her journey and why she's got this. Make sure to subscribe and show us some love on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever the best podcasts are found. And remember, Moms Got This. (laughs) Brooke, you mentioned that... It's kind of really a, a reflection of my life, actually, kind of being the you're the teacher, you're the guide, etc. You should know all of this. And then at the same time, stuff is going on in your life where you're like, this is probably the best time to relearn some things or, or like look at it from a different perspective. So you had mentioned um, wanting to have a baby and and then somehow managing to hold two very different things together in your mind. One, which is having the desire and to still have a baby, and yet at the same time holding this thought of being okay if the baby doesn't come. And those two are so, to me, they're just hard, like, intellectually to grapple two very different thoughts at the same time. So how... How would you go about doing that for someone who's maybe in the same boat? Well, I mean, I think everybody has their own journey, and it, and it's hard to tell somebody how to um, unattach. But I, I think that, you know, changing the focus on, you know, on not always focusing on is the baby here yet? It's the baby here yet. I mean, it's classic, you know, law of attraction. If you, you know, you order something from the menu – and, you know, you're like, you're not going to the waiter, like, is it done yet? Is it done yet? I mean, after maybe like an hour, you're like, where's my food? But like, you know, <laughs> it's just usually when you put an order in, it's then it's about changing the focus and really p- paying attention to your own self-care and things that bring you joy and and allowing yourself to um, put your attention on yourself. Because I think a lot of times, it, you know, and I'm not a fertility expert. You know, so that's, you know, you're going to have those people come on soon. Mm -hmm. But um, I think for me, what I've witnessed from my own friends who've gone through it and even a harder time than me is just this this need to relax and to really just um, self-care. And, and, and a place of discovery and really, you know, connecting with what it is that you want, you know, and really asking why did you even want, you know, what is, what is going on and why do you want this and, and digging deeper. So, I mean, I think for me, how I was able to do it, you know, just saying surrender, as I said before, didn't really work for me. But for me, I was like, okay, well, you know, what would make me feel joy? And to me, when I think about traveling, that brings me joy. When I think about service, you know, I, I was a volunteer at Ronald McDonald House every Thursday night and bringing a smile to those kids' faces. I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm supposed to help in that way, you know. So I just sort of started to um, allow myself to envision something else. And that's not – I can't say that that's an easy thing to do because I would, you know, but I, I had to get there myself and, and I would just – um, invite people to ask the question like, well, how, you know, what would bring me joy 
um, you know, what, what can I do to feel a little bit better? Or, you know, what, you know, what can I do in the meantime to, you know, bring birth? And I, I would also recommend people go to, you know, get help and committed listeners and, you know, people that can help, you know, that feeling relaxed. I had a whole team. I mean, I had, um, a healer on my team. I had an acupuncturist on my team. I had a, I had a, I had a baby entourage, you know, and, and they really got me through, um, that time. Mm. Yeah. So it was just, I think for me, I had some things I needed to learn and really get myself ready for that next chapter, which, you know, I don't know, really know how ready you can ever be because nothing can really prepare you for what's going to happen next. At least for me, I never babysat. So I was just like, oh, what's that going to happen? Me neither. (laughs) Mm, Okay. So you, so then you became pregnant. Mm -hmm. What was that moment like? Um, It's interesting because I think a week, I had signed up for IVF. I was about to go in for my blood test, and um, I remember I had donated to Make-A-Wish Foundation. And after you make a donation to Make-A-Wish Foundation, immediately comes up as what you contributed to. And there was this little girl named Ariel that swam with the dolphins, and I cried because that was on my bucket list. I was like, I really want to swim with the dolphins, and I love the name Ariel. Like, I I just love that name. I'm like, well, if I have a girl, I'm going to name her Ariel. And we're going to go swim with the dolphins. So when, um, uh, the day before I was supposed to go in for that blood test, I got my test back. And I, I was like this wave of gratitude. And then, you know, I think in, in a sense, like I, I think it prepared me to even have that presence of gratitude. Like to, to not be in a space of maybe I would have been more anxious if I got pregnant quickly. Like this, I was able to be more in a space of, I mean, I still had my fears and concerns, you know, about this next phase of my life, but mm-hmm. I had more of a space of gratitude when when it happened. So that's, you know, and I ended up naming my, my I had a girl and her name is, my first daughter's name is Arielle. And mm. I took her to swim with the dolphins when she was one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, cool. It's like different. It's like a vision of your future that, mm-hmm. that you connected all the dots. It's like every everything converging. Into yeah. It's just once point. I let go of the attachment and I started seeking joy. And when you know you're in joy, those synchronicities start to happen. I don't know if that's been your experience but in my experience when I'm just in this like joyful feel good place like the synchronicities are on you know high speed dub for me so Mm. that's just started to happen amazing yeah so so you have your baby girl Uh and I now now my baby is almost five months old I'm still in the thick of am I going to sleep properly again (laughs) and what is life and i'm kind of um working from home and also taking care of him part-time so there are long stretches of time where i'm alone how how would you recommend that someone manage that like once they have their baby Mm -hmm. what, what how does life change and how do you then use spirit to help you i think for me when um It's also, I'm a very productive person, right? I I sent out over 300 thank you notes after my wedding within 24 hours. Wow. Like, I'm just like, I, I got to get it off my to-do list. I had a year to do it. <laughs> yeah, you do. But I'm like, I don't want this. On, I got to get this off my list. And when I had Ariel, I had to shift gears to this place of like, okay, I'm not going to get this time back. So I, I was like, I, I need to be present and I have to be okay with being in this different gear, more of a, I call it the beta gear versus the alpha gear. And like, I would be proud of myself if I got two thank you notes out versus, and I think for me was just like really being compassionate with myself. And, you know, there were times when I was like, you know, I wasn't able to pull on my spirituality. There were times when I was just like, oh my God, this is overwhelming. I haven't had sleep. So, and I also, it's, it's been 10 years since I've had 
the baby. So like it's not so fresh in my mind. I'm on other topics right now. Mm -hmm. But um, I think what was really, I'll talk about the challenge first. The challenge for me is that she didn't nap. So my grand plan was that I would get a lot of things done when she napped. And, you know, she didn't nap. I, I thought I was going to come up with all these contraptions to get her to nap. I was doing the happiest baby on the block and the shushing. Yeah. And then, you know, and then I even had put on some sort of like relaxing meditation music. I was like, oh, I think I found a new business, like subliminals for babies. <laughs> and then five seconds later, she woke up. So I think that I had to just surrender to the moment of that that was what needed to happen and when I did have the downtime I gave myself permission to sleep and you know when I could I could get things done and but you know I definitely it was a, tr a transition for me I was someone who like wrote in my journal every morning and had my you know rituals in place and I mean it was a it was a big transition. I can't say that I was like this, you know, I had it all figured out at that moment. It was a big shock for me. So I think as, you know, it evolved and they got older, I had to find my, my way back to that. I think in some moments I, I was when I could. I, and that's just it. I was just like grateful when I could. So maybe I did my journal on Sunday and wrote to my team on Sunday versus writing to my team every day. And I had to be okay with that. So that's that was my experience in the beginning. And then and then with Kaya as my second, um, I talked about how I couldn't get pregnant with Ariel. Well, Kaya was a happy surprise. Mm. She snuck it. Mm. And I didn't know I was pregnant with her until fourteen weeks in. I just thought I I'm like, this parenting thing is tiring. And I was going to acupuncturists and I was like, you know, I didn't have any real, you know, real symptoms and I was breastfeeding at the time. So how would I know? Like, I, yeah, didn't, I was wondering about that. Actually, yeah, <laughs> I, I just didn't have any, yeah. you know, idea. And um, then I guess we were going to a party and I put my, uh, you know, bigger size, you know, my smaller size pants on. I wasn't eating that much and they were tight. And then I put my next size up and those were tight. And then my husband was like, maybe you're pregnant. I'm like, no. And it was so interesting. Like six months prior, this woman, a friend of mine who has intuitive ability, she's like, you're going to have another baby. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and she was right. But she had said it was going to be a boy and it was a girl. Uh -huh. That's why I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's a girl. I thought it was definitely going to be a boy. So, yeah. And then when after I had her, I – um. I went through a late onset of postpartum where I had zero access to any of my tools, which was the most awful thing to happen, but it was the most amazing thing to happen because it was spirit asking me to go deeper than just, you know, manifestation. It was more about going deeper into my connection with spirit. So, you know, when those things happen, you know, a lot of that, at least for me, when those things happen, I'm in the moment, it feels awful and it's terrible, but I've been through enough of these cycles of, let's say, contrast to know eventually that there's going to be wisdom around the corner, even though in the moment it was just, it was really hard. Postpartum depression is, is so, it's, it's a huge topic. I feel like we could talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, that deserves a much longer conversation. Yeah. Um, what, what was it like for you? I'm like for someone who who has access to these tools and very like on a it's it's like picking up the phone and dialing right, and then to to not have access. Do you th was it because of just like the the like the level of vibration you were at, or like, what was it? Yeah, and so how how was that? I didn't want another surprise. I loved my surprise. So I went and I actually had muscle tested it with some of my team about which I put the IUD in to not get pregnant. Mm. And I didn't, I selected the one with hormones based on the muscle testing because the other one, you tend to bleed a lot. Mm. And so I put it in and the hormone sent me, sent me, you know, I, I didn't even realize I was depressed until I put it in because I'm so high functioning right? and I have all my tools. But I think because of the the hormones, it was like. It just, I couldn't, I couldn't function. And um, 
yeah, so that's that's what happened. And then I immediately took it out, and um, it was really just a really um, uh, a way for me to, you know, experience that was, you know, in a lot of ways, it's it's hard to. It's, it was a gift. It was a gift, even though in the moment it was really hard. Mm-hmm. It was a gift to have experienced and then kind of come out the other side. Yeah, well, what ended up happening is that I ended up, um, as a result, I, um, you know, had to learn certain lessons and have certain healings with family members and certain conversations and ask for help and receive help. And and then it led me to um, go. I, I couldn't coach anymore at that point. I hadn't gone back. And because I was just like, I, I, I bear, I probably have no patience. I'd be like, ah, get over it. You know, (laughs) what are you complaining about? (laughs) And so I basically, um, ended up forming uh, an intuitive group in the city and, um, we would share, um, and and co-receive and lead. And it was such a beautiful, um, group. And then I ended up getting the message. Um, a lot of times I get messages from books. I'll get like, I'll do Oracle I'll know what book you should read next or someone else will read next. And this book popped out for me called The Unlikely Messenger, which was about A Course in Miracles, but that's not why I was reading it. She ended up going to Sedona to meet this woman named Fran Duda, who's another one of my mentors. And I I got the hit that I was supposed to go meet her in Sedona. And that was another layer of lessons for me in meeting her. And if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have had the experience that I had in Sedona. I mean, there were so many, but we don't have enough time to go into all of them, Mm. but going and meeting her and having that experience was, um, was where I really got to learn that I had to remember the truth of who I am. And, you know, and it's about remembering and not a journey and that we have everything inside of us. And she's the one that taught me the entertain everything and believe nothing. And you know, so many lessons from, from that experience. So. Hmm. I love it. It's, it's something, it's a challenging experience. Like if we were to look at it from the 300,000 foot view, it's an extremely challenging experience. When you're in the middle of it, you kind of have no clue how to get out of it. But, but because of it, it then led you down a different path that then opened up all of these different opportunities, possibilities, lessons learned, opportunities to connect and reconnect with people. And then it kind of led, I'm like drawing a picture in my mind of, of when there's this kind of cloud of, of obstacles, whatever it may be. And I think health challenges and, and mental health challenges are, are, you know, particularly hard to deal with. It then led to something that you are now grateful for. Yeah. Well, I think that it also, it deepened, it humbled me and I had deep compassion. You know, I, uh, after college, I definitely went through a quarter life identity crisis and, and had, you know, went through waves of depression. And then, you know, I thought I had, you know, overcome it and to have that come back in again and remember that feeling, it's just, it was such a humbling experience and, you know, sometimes it still does come back in, whether it's, you know, because of PMS or whatever. And I always know, as Helen said, the tide comes back in. But mm-hmm. at that moment, it felt like it was um, really hard to access anything that I had, you know, was teaching others. And I was like, OK, um, as Fran said, it's just consciousness tapping you on your shoulder to go deeper. And um, and I was being asked to go deeper and. I'm continually and will forever keep going deeper. So one question that was on my mind before our interview, I was wondering like, what is the, what is the purpose of having children? seems like a bizarre question, but what, I'll leave it at that. What is, what do you think is the purpose of children coming into your life? For me, it has been an incredible 
journey and i I say i love my kids but sometimes i hate parenting because it can be really like oh my god how do i do this and there's you know it's just like thank god for google (laughs) um anyway so um i think that we if you're willing to look um being able to be a guide on their path and 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 be shape their future but allow them to bloom but i would say that for me in my experience of parenting because i can't say my experience is that they have been amazing teachers um things that i thought that i had healed or dealt with they you know um would bring up things that i didn't realize that i hadn't dealt with and you know and me not projecting my stuff onto them and and being in connection with them or just even getting to witness and relive some of the things from my own childhood and 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 it's been an incredible experience in terms of growth and lessons and 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 observing and empowering them and then also being having permission to mess up I'll never forget um, when the girls were three and four, I was maybe having a hormonal moment and I, I screamed at one of them as if they had committed murder. And I was like, oh, where did that come from? And I was being so hard on myself. I was like, oh my God, did I just like damage them forever? Are they going to end up in therapy for the rest of their life? And, um, and I spoke to my other mentor and he said, to blame yourself is to deny God. You must reflect and not regret. And so from that moment, I was always committed to looking at, okay, what is this activating in me and how can I forgive it and how can I clean it up and how can we work together, you know? And and it's just sort of like this, to me, it's like this tapestry of so much contrast, like in terms of being able to have this journey with them, there's certain things that I've taught them and, and, and to hear it reflected back or see how they teach a friend or, you know, my kids will be like, mommy, can't you teach my friends what you've taught me? And I'm like, well, I'll try. Um, but I think the purpose for me has just been more growth and going deeper and getting to see. And I think also, um, I think it's always about having the next generation be a little bit more evolved and, and you know, I, I'm seeing things that they ha- they don't have to deal with. And I'm like, wow, they'll never have to deal with that because they're not going to have, you know, the other day, um, my daughter thought I was mad at her. And I said, don't worry, I'm never going to take my love away from you. You don't have to worry about that. And just to know that I told her that she'd be unconditionally loved was like, I felt like it was an incredible experience for her. Like I, I, that I got to give that to her and it was a beautiful moment for me as a parent. So I don't know if I answered your question, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. Coming up, you'll hear more from Brooke about how she facilitates this evolution for her children and what that means. Do you have a story or a comment you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com. Are you interested in getting your own intuitive reading? Are you wondering how you can align more with your purpose? I offer introductory sessions to my Discover Your Purpose readings and coaching. As part of the All Possibilities community, you get 10% off the intro session. You get a one-on-one phone call with me where I'll do an assessment of your life and give you an intuitive reading on the highest guidance for you at this time. You'll get actionable steps that you can get started on to create the life you want. Just use All Possibilities 2018 as the promo code. That's All Possibilities 2018. Visit beingmypurpose.com for more information on my services. Brooke, I love how you talked about this, um, 
kind of creating space for the evolution of of your children. And one thing I always wonder, because I didn't I didn't grow up being aware of intuition, and then now with my son having the opportunity to start planting seeds of what that is and this whole other life that we've created for ourselves, which is, you know, Wayne Dyer and law of attraction and um, thoughts and beliefs and emotions and all of this stuff. How, how did you go about creating that environment for your kids? And like, was it like, did you just kind of sit them down and say, okay, this is, this is the way of the world. (laughs) as other people believe it, uh, or some people may believe it in this way, and this is how we believe things happen. Um, or, or did you find that they were just already so intuitive that you didn't have to really teach or, or guide in that way? I think it was more organic. And in the moment, I would, when things would happen, I would use them as teachable moments. So you know, for example, um, Arielle came home from kindergarten and she said, Mommy, my threes aren't perfect. And I said, oh. who said they need to be perfect? I said, your job is to make as many mistakes as possible in school. That's how you grow. And, uh, you know, you could see how, like, that perfectionism would want to come in. Or my other daughter, Kaya, came home from preschool and she said, so-and-so said I'm not pretty. And I said, well, who gets to tell you you're pretty? And she'd say, she'd point at me. I'm like, no, not me. It's you. And then in the moment, I would just creatively come up with a way. You can't explain ego to a kid. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, there's this sly fox that sort of tries to take you out. And you have to be aware because it's very tricky. It'll come in the appearance of a friend telling you you're not good enough or you feeling like hard on yourself that you... Uh, didn't do well on a test or that you were left out. And and these are the different things that you can do to feel a tiny bit better. So just it would just be organic in these teachable moments. And I would just come up with creative ways to teach them. I also read them books, you know, the children's books by Byron Katie, Tiger, Tiger, Is It True? Wayne Dyer has tons of children's books, Deepak Chopra, and Louise Hay has a beautiful one. So I would just incorporate it in everything. And then when we would watch, let's say we'd watch TV, I would be sitting there. I'd be like, well, was that really, you know, a good thing that that person did? Like we would just, we were just always talking. And I think that's just, and, um, yeah, that's just what we did is just, we did a lot of talking. Yeah. I know that your daughter Kaya has a show on YouTube Mm -hmm. called Kaya's camera. Mm -hmm. How did that get started and what did that kind of bring out in her well she um used to audition for commercials and um and she was booking a lot of things and but from traveling from connecticut you know for a five minute audition it just we got tired of it and she um she just what happened was is that we would be out and she would just start talking with adults and start giving them advice And I was like, this is, she's like this little coach. She's like this little Buddha. And so we just started filming her, you know, giving these different bits of advice. And I mean, and um, lots of wisdom. And she just, she's like, I just want to make people happy. I just want to teach people how to be happy. And now as it's evolved, she's become, you know, quite the activist. Like when I tell her about things that are going on, she's like, I want to do something about it. And so I think that she loves to perform. She she has a really big heart and what and she was also, um, she had a really hard time in first grade. Um, you know, maybe it was bullying, maybe it wasn't, but she experienced it that way. And whereas, you know, a few of the kids would make fun of her for, you know, being, you know, dressed up and she loved to sing and she got to experience her not being able to be self-expressed. And I saw her wilting. And, um, and that was, you know, and then she would have nightmares at night. And so we would just have all these conversations. And then she had, a she got a lot of, um, strength from doing karate and she won the tournament and she was very excited because nice. she beat a, she was in kindergarten at the time and she beat a first grade, but in first grade, she just started to wilt and 
you know, we used that as a form of self-expression for her to, you know, as she was going through it, she wanted to help other kids go through, you know, and get helped so that they didn't have to feel bad if they were being, you know, not being able to be self-expressed and just the different things that I've taught her. She calls them quotes to self. Like she'll just, you know, um, the things that I've taught her and she'll write them in her journal and, and different bits of wisdom. And, and it's kind of amazing when uh, she'll, she'll go up to someone, you need to use your voice. You need to use your voice. She just, she's, she, she has a lot of wisdom packed in a little girl's body. But she also likes to be silly and make slime, and then she'll find a way to make it spiritual. I don't know. She'll be like, well, this is really good if you're fidgety and anxious. So it'll take your mind off of it. She, she, she's still very much a very playful little girl who also has a lot of wisdom. I can't wait until my son can talk, and then I'll just ask him a ton of questions. <laughs> like, I want that wisdom. I know that's in there. Well, when she was four years old, she said, I um, was with a mean mommy in Africa. She was four before um, I was thrown in the garbage in Timbuktu. She was four. I never talked about Timbuktu with her. And I flew into your mouth when you were eating lo mein or something like that. So she was having a memory, a past life. I felt it was a past life experience. Um, I think now that she's older, she's not sure if it was or wasn't. But whether it was or it wasn't, I just allowed her to have it. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, even just that moment just to not be like, oh, what are you talking about? Just really just allowing her to be her and allowing Ariel to be her. And, you know, you have moments where projections come up and then I clean it up. But, you know, <laughs> it's as the girls I've taught the girls and now they always remind me is that we're perfectly imperfect. Mm. We're doing the best we can. I'm like, I'm doing the best I can and I'm going to mess up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> How do you juggle being a mom and um, an entrepreneur, kind of doing all the things that you do, how how would you advise other people who are kind of in that same boat? It is definitely um, a lot to handle um, in terms of managing the time. Um, I would say I do. I get a lot of things done during when they're at school. And then I just, you know, make a commitment to myself that after school, I'm going to be present with them. But not everybody has that opportunity or, or luxury. So I, I think um, for me, a lot of they got, they're on vacation a lot. And that's like very challenging to an entrepreneur because you're yeah. like, oh, no, you know, you want to be with them. But then you're also, you know, that's why you are an entrepreneur. Right. So you can have moments with them. But then you're like, oh, my God, I've got all this stuff done. Yeah. So I, I have to practice a lot of compassion for myself and forgiveness and be okay that this is just a temporary time in my life and that I'm not going to get this time back. So I do my best to be present with them. And I also have to like explain to them sometimes I'm like, listen, I'm not on my phone right now to be checking Facebook. You know, I, I work from home. Like I don't go to work, you know, so like they don't know. So I have to also be mindful of that, that I'm not modeling this person who's, you know, constantly not being present. I'm like, I'll be present with you in a minute. I'm doing some work right now. And so I'm constantly having to just juggle between the two. So uh, I can't say that I have a perfect recipe, but I, what I do is I, um, I'll, you know, journal about how I want my week to go and I'll surrender the things that I don't know if I'm going to get handled on a different piece of paper to the to the universe. And I'll say how um, as if the week is over and as if it's happened and how I want the week to go and what's happened and how happy I was. And some of it flows and some of it doesn't. And it's just it's it's like a serene surrender process and it's just I think it's not battling yourself upstream because otherwise you know you're not going to enjoy either moment so I do the best I can and you know some weeks are better than others so that's that's uh it's it's not a perfect science and I can't say I have the recipe but I think that you know really when you do have those moments to yourself 
it's okay if you spend some time for self-care. You need to get some exercise or, you know, you can um, maybe find a friend that you can, you know, uh, when I first moved, uh, when I had the babies in the city, we would trade off with other moms to like ha- watch the kids so they can have play dates with each other and I would go out and get something done. And that was beautiful. Like, ha- you know, finding mommy support groups and meeting other moms who like are willing to have your back. And then you can say, hey, I mean, we would even like switch off. We'd send the dads to each other's apartments and we'd get a date night. Like it doesn't have to cost a lot of money to get help. Like you can ha- get support, hopefully from, you know, by joining mom support groups and um, and and writing an attraction plan for your perfect mommy friends, I guess, you know, just to start attracting more like-minded friends who are, you know, where there's this give and take um, opportunity for support. Because I think it's important to have support and have people committed listeners to you as well. I like how intentional you are. I didn't even think of, maybe because my husband and I are just in like, reaction right now it's like oh the baby cries and it's i think there's a neural pathway now in my brain that's just immediate like run to the crib and see what's going on and and we haven't had that time until this past weekend when we're like this is just not sustainable this is not how we want to live our lives as as parents how can we how can we create a life that looks like what we wanted to look instead of just being reactionary to either stuff at work or um, to our baby. So the fact that you, it seems like you have a very, either like a weekly approach or a very intentional approach to say, okay, this is what I'm journaling. This is what I want my end of the week to have, to look like and to feel like. I think that's really, that's really important. Yeah. You can take it a step further. You can do every 30 days. I tend to like to do that around the new moon because it's a good time for manifestation and I'll write as if it's 30 days from now and and I just kind of get into a playful space about it like this is how it went and I met all these new people and I got new clients and I had some downtime and I found a great, you know, mom swap or, you know, babysitter, whatever it is and I'll also do it as if it's a year from now as well Um, and you just start to have fun and and someone once said well what if you are going to be disappointed that it doesn't happen so my suggestion to her was that no it's about not feeling um it's about getting into the feeling and the play of it of what feels good you know as if it were if this were to happen that'd be awesome as opposed to like well what if it doesn't happen because then your point of focus is on well that'll be hard or that probably won't happen and so that's that's the piece. It, it's just about bringing joy. Like, okay, so let's say the end of the week, you know, Rob watched the baby and I got to go, you know, take a yoga class and it was amazing. And then I let him have some time and, you know, or, you know, if someone came, some family member came over like Mary Poppins with the umbrella, <laughs> you know, like whatever makes you, you know, feel good, you know. And then we also had, when we were together, we took up to the park and we had so much fun. And, you know, so I think it's, um, like I said, it's about accessing the joy and the fun. And then things will happen that are contrast. And then you just say, hmm, that's interesting. You know, <laughs> like, okay, I'll write about that next week. I'll handle that one next week. It's not a, like I said, it's not a perfect science, but it gets me through, it gets right. me through the day. Right. Yeah. How do you either involve or like work with your husband on this kind of conscious approach to parenting and creating the life that you want? Um, uh, him and I are completely in alignment and, you know, we'll, co-create our vision together I'll write mine and he'll write his and we'll share it with each other and that's not always the case like with some of my clients a lot of times the spouse isn't into it um, whether it's from the male side or the female side so Mm -hmm. um, I think well I guess before you have kids it would be probably good to you know um, but if you don't have that you can um, you can write to write in your own journal and just say how you want it to go. And, you know, it's all about having 
you know, conversation and hopefully that your partner is in alignment with your vision and, you know, but I know that's not always the case, but I think that in terms of, um, Byron Katie says there's yours business, there's other people's business and there's God's business. And then she says, mind your own business. So I think it's just like taking care of your side of the street and not feeling like you need to fix the other person and, and, and doing the best you can to get into alignment of your, your vision together as a couple and as a family. But I do think it's important to connect with each other as a couple, you know, even if it's like, um, I would imagine the people listening are, you know, spiritual. So I think that, you know, when you're, when you have babies, it's so easy to get caught up in the business of everything. Like, oh, you picking up the babysitting and then the money and the taxes. Like my daughter's like, you're always fighting about the taxes. I'm like, oh my God, this is what you, this is what you remember about our relationship. She's like, taxes. Like she makes fun of us. She's like, what about the taxes? So, um, yeah, so we have human, you know, moments. I can't say we are this like, you know, we have our moments. And so I think that, um, remember, Remembering to connect, even if it's five minutes at the end of the day and say three things you appreciate about each other, because it's so easy to like forget to connect when you, especially when you have a little one, like being like, oh, thank you for, you know, I really appreciated when you took the garbage out. or I really appreciated that you came to the, my aid in that moment when I had to take a phone call. Like it, I don't, for me, I, I, that's the thing. Something that works for me is not, I don't think it as a prescription for everybody. So I just share my experience and that's what's been working for me up until now as of 2018. <laughs> and if it changes, I'll give you an update. But for right now, um, since we've been doing that practice, it's been amazing to, um, you know, just to, a way to end the night. After, you know, there's all these things that you have to deal with from your business to the baby to, you know, so that's what we do. I love that you take time to appreciate each other. I can, I can say that if, if Rob, my husband were here, he'll say that Julie is the worst at words of affirmation <laughs> and and so I, I know that I don't verbally appreciate him or even the little things like taking out the garbage or like the fact that he, you know, like helps take the baby to the doctor, all of that stuff. So I think it's so incredibly beautiful and important for that time. And what would you recommend for someone who's not so great at at verbally giving words of affirmation? Because I don't. I don't even know what my reasons are, but for people who, who don't naturally say these things, how would they create space to still connect with their partner? Um, I think I think that what I would invite you or who somebody, I would invite them to release the belief of the story that you're not good at it. And then I would, you know, because you just mentioned three things. And even if you were to just say, I, I notice and appreciate that you did these three things today. It would just change everything. You would see a smile. You would sh it would shift everything, and then you would get something from it. So I think it's just – I think it's not feeling like you have to make it so um, perfect or eloquent or uh, like it doesn't have to be a soliloquy or a sonnet. It's just about just acknowledgement, acknowledging three things. Like I acknowledge you for three these three things, and you don't have to go into a whole – uh, story, just like I acknowledge you for taking the baby to the doctor today. I acknowledge you for, you know, and appreciate. And then just to say three things, it doesn't have to be a long thing. And then eventually you can build up to that. And um, another piece to it, which we haven't been doing, but there's another piece of the mirroring, where after you say, let's say, um, you said, Brooke, I appreciate that you took the baby to the doctor today. And then the person would look them and I'd be like, you really appreciate that I took the baby to the doctor today. So you would hear that that person like received your acknowledgement. And it's, it's a, it's a very power. We started with that, but then we sort of like, I'm tired. I want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I appreciate you. Good night. <laughs> um, so, um, for, for the, for the most part, um, I, I don't know. Did that help? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. <laughs> mm -hmm. And what's interesting is we we realize that um, 
that somehow Rob and I got together. He He's on the autism spectrum. And so he doesn't do very well with eye contact. And I have visual impairments that I'm dealing with. And so I don't actually look him in the eye when we speak. And I think that that does like it helped us get together in in a good way and now we've you know been together for for 14 years and yet there's this that we had mentioned making eye contact and and then saying it to each other i think that actually is something that we'll try because that's something that i know makes a difference and we haven't been doing that so i think the intention of not just saying those words but also like looking at each other and really meaning it is going to make a difference. I I also invite you to if it doesn't work, like it's like shift it to where it works yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's kind of like, oh well, how how is this going to work? This is like sort of like the clay, and like oh, well, how would this be? Maybe it's you text each other at the end of the day, be like, I really love that. You know, maybe you're better at typing, so you send each other an email. Like I think mm. just explore, but it just in terms of. Um, you know, I even said, you know, it'd be really fun, like making requests, like if you just every once in a while sent me a song dedication via text, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and like, it's fun, you know, like finding ways to bring um, those moments of joy back into the, 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 the kids can feel it. Yeah. So just remembering not to, just to always be in the business of the relationship. That's, you know, um you know, and some days are better than other. It, like I said, we're all perfectly imperfect. And so I think I ex- have like Brooke in my head, ex- <laughs> explore it. Yeah. But if, if the eye contact thing is, it, it's like awkward and it doesn't feel good and you're not enjoying it. The purpose is for you guys to get joy from it. Right. So I, I say just, you know, try it and then be like, oh, it would be better like this. Mm. And then just say, well, how is that for you? And then and then you'll come up with your own version of it and then report back. <laughs> You know, I love it. An excellent reminder. Just play with it. Explore. Find the joy. We, yeah. we tend to kind of go at it in problem solving mode. But but yeah, like well, step back. And I think that's the 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 thing with the self-help industry is like there's seven steps. I call it seven steps to nowhere because we're like, oh, if I perfect these seven steps or the sort of thing, if you read my book, it will change your life. Right. You know, like, no, it's just like, OK, you take it in and you know right now that message works for me and next week maybe it doesn't (laughs) you know like it's just that being um trying to do spirituality perfect or trying to do all life perfect and it's not it's just a setup you know and and um make none of it wrong and and release the judgment and i think that's the thing that will give us all the freedom is receiving judgment and being willing not to be um judgmental it's just or judgmental of self the most it's like you know i think that's we at least for myself you know it's it's those tapes and and it's just like reclaiming your power back from it and be like okay you had the keys i'm gonna take the keys back now and you know they'll come up and they're kind of there just try to protect you but you say thank you for sharing (laughs) yeah my last question and um kind of looking into the future of you and your children. They're getting older. They're going away to sleep away camp. How do you approach kind of taking risks, either like from your perspective as a parent, having having a child, you know, go off on their own, and also from the child's perspective, like taking the risk of being away from you or um, being independent, what that looks like? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, that's my job is to teach them how to be independent and to be able to advocate for themselves and and be able to discern things. Um, you know, I remember when we moved to our neighborhood, you know, I'm a, I'm a city girl, you know, like I, I mean, I grew up in the suburbs, but, you know, like I'm like, oh. You know, I walked around when I first moved to the city with a tennis racket. I was like freaked out by this place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm just gonna play tennis. You try to get me, you know. So when we first moved to our neighborhood, there's like a neighborhood trampoline around the corner, and there. I remember the first day that they went to the trampoline. I'm like, okay, take your walkie-talkie, you know. So I, I know you're okay. And then just slowly, 
I've learned to just let go because I, to me, like for them to be able to um, learn independence and to take care of themselves, like when I, I, um, Arielle used to like freak out when I just go to the store, she'd be like, I need to say goodbye to you. And I remember I took her to Sedona on a mommy daughter trip for her 10th birthday. We had a little cute vision quest together. Oh, wow. And I remember she went to the room by herself to get, you know, she left something in the room. And she'd never been like that far away from me. And she was like, oh, I'll be right back. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. You know, and it just, it's, it's sort of gradual. And it's just, um, I think in some ways the phones are a problem because like we're all way too much in touch with each other. I mean, my kids don't have phones yet, but I'm just saying in terms of our, so for me, it's just like, I really want them to to learn to be able to navigate the world for themselves, you know, to if they have a problem with their teacher, I have them reach out to the teacher themselves and advocate for themselves, like in terms of, you know, not always trying to solve their problems for them and asking them questions like, okay, well, what, what do you, you know, think would be the solution? I mean, I'll guide them, but I'm constantly, you know, reflecting it back to them and like, well, how, how do you want to solve the problem? And, and them becoming independent is hugely important to me in terms of how to go about it. it's it's a very gradual thing and I think it doesn't come naturally to me because I'm like I want to keep them close and protected you mm-hmm. know so it, I'm learning I'm learning on the job yeah I'll report back yeah. <laughs> I love it it's it's so um look, even to have this time to reflect on how you do things and how how you've experimented and explored and learned for yourself I think is just really um valuable for for myself definitely and for for our listeners amazing well thank you for having me you're quite welcome thank you how can our listeners get in touch with you and learn more about your work they can go to brookemery.com that's brook with an e E e-m-e-r-y.com for you think about how you can take that time to manifest something that you want kind of take what brooke has advised on law of attraction kind of this exploration the sense of play the sense of joy and create something that you want in your family life and let us know how it goes i'm julie chan and until next time be on the lookout for all possibilities Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the expressed written permission of the producers. Thank you for joining us. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.